Here we go. You are now listening to Random Rambling with Rock. Some random shit from Rob. Now everybody stand up and lift your arms. Put your hands in the sky like you're pinching stars. Go piss on Mars. What? It's so random. It's all gravy. The podcast is Rob's. Yeah, go crazy. Yup. And all kind of shit like that. That's what Rob says when he runs off track. Fun fact, tuck that in your brain. Fuck that nutsacks, we act insane. And the fast lane still smooth like butter. Rob, dude, you one cool ass brother. Motherfucker. You might hear that about every other word, but who's keeping camp? The ramblings get so random, what's happening? I'm babbling. So much you can't handle me, chattering teeth. Sound like a battle axe bashing the beat. Don't laugh when I speak, cause really, we're just some idiots. I ain't talking about a little bit, I'm talking fully illiterate. Like little kids trapped in a grown man's body. Acting a fool like Lindsay Lohan party. Like it's a part of your life, we party all night Blackout, that's how we party it right Hit the Walmart cause we bored as shit Instagram and upload the feed <laughs> look, at, look at Rob hanging out in the Walmart for no reason Just Instagramming, he got his phone out Walking around looking at himself like Hey look at me, I'm walking through Walmart It's so random Rob, it's so random But that's what we love Random ramblings with random Rob. Ramblings. Random ramblings. Motherfucking random freaking motherfucking random ramblings. Random ramblings. Random ramblings. Blah 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 What up, everybody? This your boy B Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcast. If you're a new listener, I appreciate you all so much. It's the year 2019. So hopefully your New Year's resolution was to go out into the world of the Internet in the broadcasting realm and find you new and exciting and interesting ish podcast to listen to. And I hope I'm on your list. So uh, if you were recommended to me by somebody, uh, give them a crisp high five if you're in their vicinity. If you aren't, go ahead and send it to them virtually via text or Snapchat, Skype or whatever means of social media you decide to use to convey that message. And here we are, another edition of the show. And as always, I have a new guest. Um, Usually when you're involved in some type of social media or broadcasting, you um, try to make it a point to reach out into the world and uh, find interesting guests. So, me being me, you know, being relatively new to the broadcasting world as it pertains to podcasting and social media, um, I usually get caught up in my own shit. So my view outside of my window is very limited. I got a couple hedges over here, some bushes over there. I can't really see beyond that sometimes. So it usually takes um, a couple of people from the outside to come knock on my door and be like, hey, man. Have you ever seen this or heard about this? And then, you know, as you do, you go research and find and sort out these things. Well, this guest today was brought to my attention by um, my homeboy, Brandon McIntyre. And um, he brought a tweet to my attention. He came, knocked on the door. He said, hey, man, you seen this tweet? And I was like, no, I didn't. Let me check it out. So I find this young lady um, very immersed in what I was just saying in the world of the internet and broadcasting and whatnot at a relatively young age, you know, someone that I've never really heard of or seen so much. And, you know, she was on break. 
said she was reaching out to different podcasts and other broadcasting uh, outlets to, you know, kind of take a break from broadcasting, which is weird. <laughs> so um, I reached out. Uh, thanks to Brandon once again. And my guest with me on this edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast is Alicia Atut. <laughs> Did I say that right now? I, I, I know you said it. And I'm just trying to mimic what you said, but <laughs> did I say it right? You nailed it. Hello, Rob. Hello, viewers, listeners. Thank you so much for having me on. I am super excited to be on the podcast today. And what a lovely intro. Thank you. I, I made it up just now. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have known. It seemed, it seemed very, very thought out. It was very lovely. Yeah. Um, and like I was saying before, I mean, this is your realm and you're relatively young. And from what I've seen of um, from your website and your Instagram and everything, I mean, you're well versed in it at a young age. So, I mean, that's kind of what I want to open up with. I mean, you're, you're only 23 years old, as I see from um, postings on social media. And yes. you've already just like kind of run the gamut. I mean, it's like you've been doing this for, you know, as a profession for a long time. I mean, you seem natural at it from what I've saw. And and once again, like I said, it's weird that this is something that you do and now you're taking a break from it by doing <laughs> being on the opposite end of the microphone. It's one of those things where I've always had the hustle. So even when I have downtime, I'm always thinking, ah, oh, Instead of like watching the show, I could be doing this or I could be talking to this person. So I did have some downtime over the holidays and Christmas break and everything. And of course, I did end up watching some shows and relaxing a bit. But I figured, why not keep getting my name out there, speaking with different people? And I sent out that tweet you mentioned before. And I had this crazy response from like hundreds of really cool podcasts and I've just been shooting the breeze with a lot of awesome people like yourself, and it's been fun. I enjoy it. So I'm taking a break from asking the questions, and I'm just answering them now. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. And I think my very first question to you as a, um, a response to your tweet was, how many people have reached out to you for interviews? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Um, I was kind of overwhelmed by it because I'm always, I'm always genuinely taken aback when, like, fans take interest and promotions do and the people I interview do. So having people reaching out saying, Hey, I want to interview you for my, for my podcast or for my interview website or whatever. It's, it's different and it's fun. And I was that person when I first started, I'd reach out to people and be like, Hey, um, do you mind if I have you on my show? And they'd say yes. And it would be amazing. So it's also one of those things where I've had so many requests over the years and haven't been able to put aside the time and I had time. So it's kind of like now it's my time to answer and people who want to ask, feel free to ask. Sweet. And once again, I appreciate you uh, giving up your time. So um, um, I appreciate you having me on. I really do. Yeah. So much appreciation floating around right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, only 23 years of life. So, I mean, let's kind of peel back that clock a little bit or whatever. I mean, how do we get here? You know, what, what, how did the passion start or how did this ro road that you're currently on, you know, kind of form in front of your feet? Man, that is such a heavy question. So, or a big question. So I've been a fan of both music and wrestling since I was super little. Um, I grew up watching it with my dad. And so it got to the point where I was in school 
and I started throwing stuff online on a blog. And luckily that blog started getting views. And as I mentioned, I would reach out to people in either um, the music or wrestling industry and they started getting back to me. And things just kind of, I don't want to say blew up, but it started getting traction and people started enjoying the interviews and I grew this fan base so organically. And I just haven't looked back. I started it when I was... 16 or 17 i think it was 17 mm-hmm. <laughs> and i started with a lot of smaller interviews and luckily going out five six times a week to concerts and to shows um i was able to get so much content and you know content's king yeah. so that content caught on with people and it just really grew i'm, I'm lucky that this was the path that happened and i didn't go to post-secondary i just stuck with it and yeah, it's kind of surreal. Even when I, whenever I talk about the story or like how it started, it's just there, there. There's no real big like moment. It just, yeah. it just happened, and things kind of fell into place. And yeah, I'm really thankful for all of that. Sweet. Now, um, you talk about professional wrestling, and um, I, I view your website, <laughs> and um, the thing, the the name of the show uh, from the interviews is tagged as Ambi, and um, yes, I, I know what it means, but for those who you out there that may be listening who are unaware would you like to explain to them what that is absolutely so when i first started for the first four years of my website i only did music interviews Mm. um then those interviews ended up getting fairly large and my name started to get out there so i decided to then start doing wrestling i've been doing wrestling now for two years straight Mm. so when i first started the site i was trying to be super cheeky and i was like oh everyone has a blog out there yada 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 Mm. so i didn't think it was going to become my job it was a hobby i was just some teenager throwing stuff online you know so i decided to call it ambi which stood for a music blog yeah which is like the goofiest cheekiest thing and i'm like oh gosh thinking back like i would have named it something else but when i started getting into the wrestling stuff and it wasn't just music mm-hmm. it occurred to me i can't just keep calling it a music blog yeah because that's gonna throw people so i just shortened it to ambi luckily the acronym kind of rolls off the tongue ambi mm-hmm. i liked it and now it's getting to the point where it's kind of fading ambi out a little bit and it's more so just known by my name now you know it's alicia to interviews or like my moniker the interview queen so um yeah that's kind of what ambi stands for yeah. or stood for yeah and it's kind of because <laughs> when i read it you know it says a music blog dot 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 yeah you know <laughs> like you know music Nailed was- it. Yeah, music was kind of the start of it, but um, from what I've been seeing from your content, it's mostly wrestling stuff now. So, I mean, it's not per se just about music. It's a music and a mix of professional wrestling, which a lot of professional wrestlers are fans of a lot of the, um, you know, the music and everything, which I'm pretty sure everybody is. Humans are. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started to notice that crossover really early on. I'd start interviewing. A lot of bands, especially heavier bands who had their songs, you know, used as NXT theme songs. So I realized these bands would make these inside jokes that were wrestling jokes or these references. And as soon as I'd caught on, I'd say something. Then they'd be like, what? You know wrestling or you knew like WWF or who we're talking about? I'm like, yeah. And our interviews were completely 180 from music to wrestling and they loved it. So then I started asking musicians these random wrestling questions and even if they didn't know anything about wrestling i'd create these questions that tied the two together then it got to the point where it was so over i started interviewing wrestlers 
So, um, and of course, as you mentioned, wrestlers, pretty much any human loves music. So it just, it just made sense to cross over and be the only real website doing that. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and it's uh, funny to me because, um, how, like now, how long you said 16 to now you have already been doing this longer than I have. And I'm what? 36. (laughs) So for me, um, I I guess whenever this airs would be three years that I've been doing this, you know, just immersing myself into podcasting, broadcasting or whatever you want to call it. And just kind of learning the ropes to where here you are, 23 and already a veteran, pretty much for the most part. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of surreal, like when people say that to me and I think what it's been what five six years but um yeah it's just it's been this crazy ride and i've met so many idols because of it and so many of my friends now are in bands i listened to um growing up or bands i've I've loved over the last few years and same goes for wrestlers and it's yeah it's been this really weird lifestyle change but i love it i love it so i mean with you i would just say that you were lucky to find your passion or pursue your passion in the beginning of where to me, I feel like I'm passionate about what I do now, but it took me (laughs) a long time to make my way here because I've always been a fan of professional wrestling um, for as long as I can remember. And as a kid, it was one of the many things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I wanted to be in the military. I wanted to be a freaking stunt man. And, um, (laughs) I wind up choosing the closest path between the three, which was uh, joining the military. So right out of high school, that's what I did. But through my experience in my years in the military, I wound up kind of doing all three things, you know, so kind of a stunt man, you know, being in the military, you know, up and down on trucks and building through buildings and jumping off things and whatever. So I was kind of like a stunt man. And then um, through my travels, just being stationed from post to post and place to place, um, I was able to be in contact with people who would eventually train me to wrestle. And I got a little bit of that experience. So, I mean, it just all came full circle. But toward the end of my career to where um, I think it all changed for me and what got me here to where we're talking today it's just um, my last couple of years in the military to where I became an instructor. So I had a big fear of public speaking. And I mean, I didn't have a problem talking to nobody. I mean, obviously we're talking right now, but mm-hmm. it's just like to give me a format or cue cards or notes or a script to stand up and, you know, talk about that thing, you know, <laughs> in a format, it frightened the shit out of me. So, I was the exact same way. Like I hated group projects and being in front of people and it, like it would terrify me. I could not stand it. So I, I have no idea when that changed and how I'm doing this now, <laughs> but it's amazing that you were able to get past it too. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's almost like the thing in school to where like you study and you know the material, but you're hesitant to be the one to raise your hand to answer the question when you're called upon, you know? Definitely. So, I mean, it it broke me out of that, I guess, I, w- I wouldn't say shyness or whatever. I mean, I still have my nervous tics or whatever. So, like, 
before every interview. It doesn't matter if it's you or somebody I've known for years or, you know, somebody that I'm kind of acquainted with. You know, it's just this nervous tremble that comes over me. I mean, do you ha- experience anything like that before an interview or anything that you um get into? Yeah. So when I first started interviewing, I used to feel so nervous. Like I would shake and it was because I was just thrown into doing interviews so suddenly and it was what I wanted to do, but I hadn't necessarily honed my craft quite yet. And so with the interviews and with all of the nights out at shows and interviewing these smaller acts, I was really able to practice quite honestly. And I've done like thousands of interviews at this point. Um, so I, I do get slight nerves, but most of it's just anxiety in like the best of ways. It's just excitement. Mm-hmm. I always do this little dance before my interviews. Like it's just like this little wiggle. And I'm like, I looked at my interviewee and I'm like, all right, let's do it. And they just know, all right, it's time to like knock this out. It's going to be great. So I, yeah, I always try to channel the nerves into just energy and excitement. And yeah, they're definitely still there though. I feel like nerves, nerves mean you care. So it's totally cool yeah. to have them as long as you don't psych the person you're talking to out because you're nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. Yeah, but I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't understand it, though. Like, me personally, it's just like, I mean, I'm not trying to get too deep here, but, like, I get hot. You know, like, my <laughs> my body temperature is just like, I'm sitting here, you know, in a, a relatively cool room or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, my body is hot. And, you know, I'm kind of sweating under my shirt a little bit and everything. And it's been to time. I mean, I believe I've kind of tamed it a little bit, but there was times to where I would come up here and just be recording with someone or whatever. And I just leave out of here, just drenched in sweat. Like I just came from outside, just running around and everything. But, You've made progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I'm not, nervous but i am is weird because like i don't feel i don't feel it you know it's just it's something my body does when it comes to this i don't know why (laughs) yeah i mean it's strange but i used to do this thing um not with my interviews but just speaking of nerves like i used to go to comic-con all the time with my family like we went for years on end and i was so excited to meet so many of these artists that like I loved their work and I'd always have this feeling like I had to pee (laughs) (laughs) like your whole thing was sweating and my whole thing was like I literally felt like I had to go to the washroom because I was so excited it was hilarious and I like I didn't have to and luckily that shook off but it was every time I went to comic-con and then I remember thinking to myself oh shit if this happens every time I have to interview like I am screwed but luckily (laughs) it did not happen but Man, like just hearing your um, your, your nervous reactions, like it just made me think of that and growing up. And I'm so happy that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> I mean, you, you started the blog and everything. You, you transitioned into interviews. Tell me about the experience with your very first interview with somebody. So my very first interview, I was 17. Um, there's this band called Bombay Bicycle Club. And they're from the UK and I absolutely adore them. They're playing a show in Toronto. And I went with my dad and my sister because my sister also loves them. And my sister drew a portrait. My sister's a really great artist. And she drew a portrait of the lead singer. And I had just started my social media and I tweeted to the band. And I tweeted them saying, hey, uh, my sister drew this. Is there any chance to get it signed? And they tweeted back and they were like, yeah, of course, no problem. Uh, Meet us here. So I met them. And I was already like a nervous wreck. So I was so excited to uh, see this band. And 
Oh, you know what? Actually, this is my second time meeting them. But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, I was so excited. And they signed everything for my sister. They were lovely. And then I brought this portable, like this shitty little camera with me because I just want to take photographs of the show. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't even planning to interview. And then my dad was like, you have, a, you have this site. Why don't you like just try asking this guy a question or two? So um, I did. And you can hear the tremble in my voice. And I never <laughs> want to watch that video again, but it's still online. And I asked him a 2Q video interview that's what i used to call them um nothing was really pre-set up and i just like pull people aside and be like hey can i ask you a 2q it was like these two goofy ass questions i would never ask anymore and that was that and years later i got to interview them again and we stayed in touch and everything just was so full circle because i had proper gear and i had hd equipment and i I knew what i was doing so yeah (laughs) that was an interesting experience and i still have fans go all the way back through thousands of videos and bring that one up to me so I, i wish i could take it off the internet but it's my history and it's there for people to see my growth. Yeah. And I feel the same way. It's just like every so often um, I would go back and listen to the very first episode. And um, (laughs) I think I said within the first two, three minutes, maybe five pot, the word podcast, like 80 times. (laughs) It's like, this is the podcast and you're listening to the podcast right now and I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I used to say, um, but oh, I'm trying to remember my, my stupid keywords. There were, there were two, I don't remember anymore, but there were two words that were always my default. It was anytime I couldn't think of something or I was like in between words. And it, I think a lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. there's so much that comes with interviewing. They think, oh, yeah, I can do that. But they don't realize you have to one, do your research. Yeah. Then you have to make sure you really listen to the person you're talking to. But at the same time you're listening, you have to think, OK, where do I want to take this next? Yeah. Then while you're thinking about those two things, you're thinking, oh, at the same time, uh, is my posture OK? Am I paying attention to the camera? Am I doing this? Like there's so many different things you have to think about and aspects and just keeping the conversation flowing. And then there are random spontaneous things that happen if you're not in just like a room with four walls. I mean, I've done live interviews where people come in the background and you have to play off of it or someone's mic goes out like with, I'm working for their uh, promotions and then you just pick it up and you, you do something funny and you change things up. And it's just, it is a skill that you have to hone and it takes time because I, as we were talking, like I used to be so scared just, just conversing half the time. So it was a lot to learn, but I'm so glad when I look back at old videos, I'm like, wow, I really have come a long way. I'm not complacent. I'm still trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, I think that says a lot about like someone's character and I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah. Oh, what I find is like, um, I mean, you do a lot of video content and everything and I, I'm not opposed to doing it, but I'm very limited because of the equipment. But I noticed like the couple of, um, video interviews that I've done I have to make sure that you know if I'm using you know external equipment like say a cell phone or a notepad or something like that that I got to keep that shit off camera because like you see my eyes kind of draw down to the phone or whatever or you might see the phone pop up on the um, bottom of the camera and I'm just like that look unprofessional as shit (laughs) so (laughs) I just it's just things I had to work on or whatever but um when you decided to make the full on leap into doing this. And like you're saying, this is your job now. Um, <laughs> what was that moment like? Um, it was kind of interesting because 
it goes back to me thinking I was this like shy introverted girl who was told I was crazy if that I didn't go to university or like I wouldn't make anything of myself and to think okay yes I am I'm officially deciding I'm not going to continue with school and I'm just going to do this passion it, it was it was really scary but it was also really inspiring and I'm really glad that I rolled with it <laughs> obviously yeah. um and I don't have any regrets about anything, but in the moment I was, I remember talking with my family, like I was pretty scared because I had so many people and all these odds against me. And, you know, I remember at my graduation, they do this thing where they say, Alicia Toot um, is graduating and going to, and everyone's thing would say going to blank university. And mine was, and is going to the workforce. Like they didn't have a pre-check thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was like 2% of people who had that and everyone just looked at you like you were insane. So yeah, it was freaky, but it was also really exciting because I was like, all right, I'm my own boss. Let's kill it. And I still have that mentality. So yeah, that was a ramble, but it brings back a lot of memories for sure. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that. It's just like, I knew school wasn't a thing that I wanted to pursue because I, I, the whole 12 years, you know, prior to that point of graduation, I was just like, this shit sucks. I mean, I only like the people and I like lunch or whatever. So, I mean, for me to do this for another four to what, eight years, if I doing something crazy, um, it didn't appeal to me or whatever. But what I found is when I joined the military that, I'd done more shit school based in the military than if I would have just went to college. <laughs> so I was just like, well, hell, maybe I should just went to college. <laughs> but wow, yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, it's an experience. I mean, my path took me in a whole bunch of different directions and everything. And you just had the more direct route, which, you know, since you didn't go to a formal school of broadcasting or anything like that, I mean, how did you hone your craft and how did you, you know, pick up different tics, tips and trips? Uh, dang, I can't talk <laughs> tips and tricks. <laughs> it was honestly a lot of trial and error. Like I, um, I was one of those people when I first started my first couple of interviews, I did ask more simple questions and I did refer to my question sheet a lot more and I was nervous. And the more interviews I did, the more comfortable I ended up getting just speaking with people. I used to have this big thing like, oh my gosh, this person's in this band I love. They're in front of like thousands of people playing, yada, yada, yada. And like, that was dumb. It's like, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they, they might be a badass in their industry, but they're just people. Yeah. And you really have to keep that in mind when you're talking to people. So yeah, I really, I really think that was my biggest, my biggest thing, but Man, I don't know. It's been, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and I, I totally get it or whatever, because I mean, I have no formal training in this other than um the, the little bit of public speaking knowledge that I've gained through um teaching yeah. when I was in the military. So, I mean, it is that because I'm pretty sure at some point you may have ran into an interview to where like, so what do you think about this? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And you're like okay I thought I was gonna get a little more back than that so then you kind of like it throws you off in a sense because in your mind for a lot of these interviews I, I feel like in my head if I ask you a question I kind of feel like I know where the conversation is going to go or how much input I would get back from the question 
So to get that like, yeah, it's cool or no or just a straight up yes is just like it's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> okay so when i when i started out i'd get those types of interviews and i would just move on to the next question like i I wouldn't know how to react and it comes with practice and learning right Mm -hmm. but now if that happens and luckily it doesn't as much too because i feel people feel i'm more comfortable so they are or now i'm just interviewing a lot more people that i i know or we have I mean, in wrestling, it's like everyone knows everyone. And if they don't, they're soon about to. So it's like you can come up to someone and be like, hey, I'm friends with this dude. And then they're like, oh, he's my dude. And your family by acquaintance. It's really weird how, how it works in mm-hmm. wrestling. But um, yeah, so I, I find when that happens, you just, you just roll with it or you say something kind of funny or cheeky and you try to make them laugh. I've really realized it comes down to you also being... I don't want to sound weird, like you being as important as the person you're interviewing, because Mm -hmm. if someone's coming to your show to watch, you shouldn't just be this person firing off questions. Cause if that's the case, why be in the frame? You know, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it really comes down to being personable with people. And then you don't get people like that. She'll get the odd dud. (laughs) (laughs) Just being blunt. Like some people just aren't as interesting. And I've had people who even afterwards are like, I'm so sorry I was boring. And I'm like, it's all right, man. And you just try to make them, it's our job to make them not boring. And I feel like I haven't had a boring interview in years and I'm really, I'm really happy about that because I think it says something about not only me, but like the Mm -hmm. fact I'm able to make someone comfortable, then they just kind of spill and they talk for a long time. So yeah, that's kind of our jobs, like making people interesting. Yeah. And then, um, I've been saying this for a while to, um, guests and everything and just hearing you you know say what you just said is kind of changing my outlook on some of the stuff because like people have asked me you know since within the three years that I've been doing this and more toward the latter years more toward the current time to where like they would ask me what do I want this show to be and for the longest I just like I really didn't know I mean I just have fun you know just conversing with different people you know just Mm -hmm kind of just you know it was said on the blockbuster mentality podcast that i was a guest of uh dude was like you know when you do these things you kind of like go into it trying to make a friend almost you know so so that's kind of what i looked at it as you know just you know we're here i'm just bullshitting with a friend right now like i would do just if i was at work or just at home hanging out you know with some people that i grew up with but um what i would say to them is just like hey man this is your show I mean, they come here to hear the guest and, um, you know, this is my show in the sense of I do the editing and the posting and the social media for it and everything. And I pay the monthly fees. So it's my show in that aspect. But this is ultimately the guest show. And, you know, hearing what you just said, it kind of is changing my outlook on that, because like. If I'm looking at it like that, I mean, so what is the point of me being here? You know, so yeah. I could just be like, hey, um, because Michael Jai White was here and I was just like, all right, uh, just here's a question and I'll just let you ramble off of this. I'm going to go in the kitchen and make a sandwich. So you just kind of <laughs> just let me know so I can press the stop button. <laughs> now you're equally as important. I mean, here I am sitting and like the stuff that you're putting into this, learning about your history too, that's that's what people are coming to listen to. If, if they're subscribed to you, it's because you're doing something right and they like listening to you. One thing I found with my YouTube channel is I have so many people saying one of two things one it's uh came for alicia left loving blank Mm -hmm. um like whoever i'm interviewing or it'll be let's say like 
uh, Marty Skrull. It'll be like, because I just, I just liked one of his photos on Instagram, so he just came to mind. Um, he's like, it'll be like, oh, came from Marty Skrull, but like stayed or subscribed for Alicia. So, and I find those are always the two things. So, and I don't want to say you're equally as important as the guest or whatever. Like, I don't want to sound egotistical about myself or yeah. anyone else who's a host, but I think you have to realize and give yourself some credit. Like, people are coming to see you. You do have fans. You do have people who are emotionally invested and they put their time into it. And that's one thing that's really opened my eyes. Like I'm so thankful for the fan base I have because mm -hmm. if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be doing my interviews. Like who would be watching, yeah. you know, like pe people are listening to this and people are watching my stuff and it's because of us and what we've built. And then we're just bringing really badass people on our shows. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I always wanted to, well, I want this show to be is just like, Oh man, have you heard such and such on Rob's podcast? You know, there's something like that. Cause like, it's not only about me, but I want this to be a platform for the lesser unknown. You know, I mean, I have people like you who are, who are known on here, which help ultimately helps out the show. But like, I got a couple of homeboys that do music and I feel like they're very talented, but they don't have that big of a platform for their music. So I have them on here to showcase them and their art, you know, and I like doing stuff like that. And then just picking people at random, you know, hence the name of the show that I find interesting that other people wouldn't have come across, you know, naturally or whatever. I like to try to highlight those people and bring them to the forefront. No, that's, that's awesome. When I did my music interviews, when it was majority music, got to the point where um, there were a couple of things happening. Either, I was getting really small indie bands on my show and I was giving them exposure and they were super thankful. Or I'd have a band like Metallica say, yes, I will do an interview with her. And then I was exposed to people who were searching Metallica interviews or mm -hmm. um, Robert Trujillo, who I did the interview with, retweeted it and he sent it out like, hey, here's a great interview. And that helps my fan base. And that, that you know, shares me with a whole other audience I never had two seconds before that tweet. So yeah, it definitely goes both ways. I never, it never goes unnoticed for the like really big people who have helped me even to this day. And then to the people who I've helped and it's gone the other way too, where I've interviewed someone who's super small and then they get a break a year later, two months later. And then when they're massive, they come on my show and it's like, we're, you know, doing a little reversal and it's, it's really cool yeah. to see. Now, you started back in 2012 and anything. So, I mean, I heard you talking about um, deciding to upgrade your equipment and doing different things to um, further enhance your show. I mean, even though it wasn't that long ago, 2012 is uh, massively different from what it is now, 2019. So mm -hmm. from your time starting all the way up until now, what are some of the bigger changes that you've noticed as far as uh, the technology, um, the use of social media and things of that nature? Um, so for my very first interviews, I just used these handhelds and I didn't even use microphones. And that's for two reasons. One, because I was just starting and I didn't have the funds to put stuff into this mm -hmm. hobby at first. I didn't think it was going to be a business or, you know, my job. And the other reason um, wasn't just a financial thing, but it was just being a little naive. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think, oh, this is going, I'm going to have thousands of people. Some videos have hundreds of thousands of views and you don't think um, people are going to uh, watch them at first. So I went from using these crappy little handheld 
video cameras to getting an HD handheld. Then I ended up getting one microphone. Um, and then I realized watching it back, like, okay, this looks okay. It's a little dark and the microphone has a bit of handling. So then I ended up getting a tripod for stability. I ended up upgrading a camera to this like super expensive camera. I ended up getting, um, brand new microphones, which were like these top end mics. I can go to a music festival. It'd be ridiculously loud and you can still hear the conversation like almost perfectly. Um, lights, light gear, everything. And it's like over time I've added to my, my gear and I've tried to improve it. And then I'd say for the last like two years, I've had the, the same setup because it's just, it just works. Like once you find something that works, you don't need to invest any more money. Cause it's like, it's not even being complacent. You just know this does the job. It looks great. It sounds great. So there we are. And I'm sure down the line, there'll be a time where I'm like, Ooh, I'd like to have maybe a different angle. Maybe we'll do two and I'll like, buy another camera or something, but mm-hmm. it's not a necessity now and it's people love it. So why, why change that at the moment? But mm-hmm. it's definitely, it's definitely been like a process trial and error, just like with the interviewing skills and stuff. Yeah. And then social media, I just didn't know how to use it at first. <laughs> like I didn't have social media until I started my site. I would just call my friends. Like I hate, I hated Facebook and now I'm on it every like, I'm on Twitter every like 10 minutes because I got a tweet or reply to people or whatever and it's like oh my god and I, it's not that I don't like replying to people I love mm-hmm. it but it's just I'm, a, I'm now on my phone constantly and I never was before my site so yeah. that's like one of the biggest changes for me personally with social media okay now we've got um, the lighter side of everything now what is some of the biggest hindrances with all this stuff it's particularly social media People suck. Like that, <laughs> that's one of the biggest, and by no means do I mean all people. Like my fans know I love them to bits, but there are some people who just go out of their way to be assholes, and it's not cool. Yeah. Like it's it's so weird. It's, no one ever picks apart my interviewing. It's it's always an appearance thing, or oh, I can't believe she wore that, or I can't believe she looks like that, or did you see her like whatever? And I'm like, you would never say that to my face because if you did, you'd be in really big trouble dude like it's just yeah that that's the most frustrating part and it's not that i can't deal with it it used to die it used to like bring me to tears but now i'm just like i'm so i'm so happy with the, the fans i have because i do have a, a pretty big fan base for what i've worked for mm-hmm. so it's like one one douche online doesn't matter you know yeah. but that's that's the biggest thing just not just to me i've had fans reach out hey, my confidence issues suck. And this person in school said this to me or whatever. And, I, you know, I just you just tell them, hang in there, like, just be true to yourself and all that. But that's, that's the biggest issue. People just using it for negatives and to bring people down. Like, it's it's horrible. Yeah. Now, um, with a following such as yours, I hear you say your fans a lot and people reach out to you for, you know, advice and whatnot. Um, yeah. How do you take that responsibility? Um, it's hard to reply to everyone. And then I get fans who get upset when I don't reply and it's never intentional. It's just like some, some days it's just hard to reply to people all the time, but it's, it's, um, it's comforting to know that I've created a brand and a name that people actually give a shit about. It's, it's something I didn't think would happen. Like growing up, not to get too serious. And like, I've brought this up before and people know, but growing up, like I was bullied a lot. And I was never the person that was like known for being cool or having something cool going on, even though it was still music wrestling and comic books for me back then. Yeah. But now it's cool apparently. So 
it just like it, it just tells me it's humbling it's like hey you're doing something right people like you for it and it, yes it's a boost of confidence but it's more so just deep down inside knowing I made the right decision when I was like 17 to not go to school and to pursue this and mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful that people have taken such a liking to it and they stand up for me and yeah they're just my fans are absolutely amazing and sometimes it gets to me like I'll share something really deep or important to to myself and just the way that they support it it's it's amazing and I know it's going to only grow from here like by no means is this where I want to stop or like yeah. plateau it's it's just it feels like it's just the beginning mm-hmm. um because I am so young and that's really exciting so yeah so I mean with anybody that has some kind of creative outlet or loves to do things creatively on everything is a part of um, doing anything is evolving. So from where you currently are, you're talking about, you know, not plateauing and everything. How do you plan on evolving and extending the life of your brand? I'm always trying to get better when it comes to my interviews. Um, I've never wanted to stay complacent with things ever. So whether it went from the 2Q video interviews to the sit-downs, to the sit-downs where I incorporated little games, to the sit-downs where I'd get like fan questions from their family members and shock them. Like I'm always trying to <laughs> think of different things to surprise my guests and to make my interviews mm-hmm. the interviews that people want to watch online uh, for music and wrestling. And I think the biggest thing is just getting more personal with my fans because that really instills trust in people. And it's not a manipulation thing. It's just a here, here I am like, take it or leave it. And I think that's the thing people really like about the interviews. There's no host behind it. That's like a, a show or a persona. Mm-hmm. It's just me. like, I'm talking to you the way I talk to my family, the way I talk to my guests. And I think people really notice that. So those are like my big things. And other than that, it's just, to keep networking, keep strengthening friendships and relationships and work for um, bigger and different promotions and just trying to get my name out there more. Just keep hustling. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, here, here we go. This this is where I, I seek out your counseling and everything since, like I said, I mean, it, the age difference doesn't matter. I mean, you've been doing this longer than I have. You've been through a lot more in this uh, medium of life than I have. So this is why I turn to you. Um I don't know. It's it's just me. This is just how I feel about certain things. It's just like when it comes to celebrities, where it's professional wrestler, movie star, whatever the case may be. If I were to see this person like out in the wild somewhere or whatever, you know, I mean, not in the interview uh, standpoint and everything, you know, I don't bother them. You know, I can be the biggest fan of whoever. I mean, if I seen them on the street, just like at a Walmart or something like that. I wouldn't bother them because I feel like they in the spotlight all day. They do all these interviews they on sets and they here and there. They get mobbed at the airport and all this other stuff. And I don't, you know, want to add to that frustration or that stress. Because um, what my instance is, is um, I went to WrestleCon this last year in New Orleans and I paid money to get in there to see these people. But when I got in there around all these people, you know, I felt nervous as fuck. I didn't want to talk to none of them because it was just like I was disturbing them or something, you know, and that's what they were there for to have fan interactions and shit. And it just it like it was my first convention of any sort of any kind. So it weirded me the fuck out 
You know, it's just it's her. It's Hurricane him standing like three feet away from him. Pentagon Junior to the right of him in um, Phoenix. Um, Kiara, That's so funny. Yeah, Kiara Hogan, which was a guest on this show at one point, and. I just like felt weird as fuck just going up to her and, and talking to her, even though we had an hour or so long conversation here on this show, you know, and Teddy Long was there. It's just like I was running into all these people from my childhood and current, and, you know, just and it just weirded me the fuck out. And I just didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. Um, it's so funny you say that. Like, I think there's different ways to go about it it does feel sometimes like oh, okay if this person's eating dinner and i see them out somewhere yeah. and they're with their wife i'm gonna respect that but if they're just walking around and you know they they look like they don't mind it's all about circumstance i find mm-hmm. i think that's what i'm trying to say like i was interviewing ricky the dragon steamboat and he told me this hilarious story about how he was in a washroom and oh, some yeah. guy knew he was in there and someone just slipped a piece of paper under the stall with a Sharpie, d- didn't say anything and just assumed he would sign it. And he's like, <laughs> I'm on the toilet. Like wh- what? But he said he's the kind of person where he loves meeting fans. And if he's not eating dinner with his wife or he's not, you know, doing something like yeah. more intimate and actually you just can see someone and know that they don't want to be bothered. Right. Mm-hmm. But he said he's the kind of person where if he's on the street or he's, just walking around he he keeps eight by tens in the back of his trunk like he's he's ready to meet fans and he loves that so it comes down to the person and circumstance i find like i've never been really i was to begin with but i'm not shy anymore to say hey to people and there's more of a community now like being in the wrestling world a lot of people do know who you are and i've been so shocked at how many legends i've met and they like i'm about to introduce myself and they know who i am i'm like what mm-hmm. whoa <laughs> so yeah it's, it's circumstance and the person just Feel feel the vibe out and do not make them uncomfortable, you know? Like and that's not me telling you that, it's just like for the yeah. fans listening and stuff. Just try not make them uncomfortable. I have fan, I've had fans come up to me at shows, um, malls, the airport, and like the the more you put yourself out there, the more people are gonna recognize you. Mm-hmm. And it's not crazy or anything, but it happens and it's like I always make time for them because if it weren't for them, yeah. I I'm not I'm not here. So yeah. Now, um, as far as because I mean, I'm, I'm giving away all my insecurities right now. Um, as far as like. Because um, I, I had a place I was going, I got derailed. Um, <laughs> um, what is it? As far as the um, video interviews or whatever. Is being cognizant of that you're on camera and everything. Or what, what are some of the things that you do, you know, to help? Cause like, all right, I've done a few interviews that are on my YouTube or whatever to where we will Walmart is my thing. <laughs> if you, if I know you just follow me on Instagram, so you'll find out here soon enough. If you keep paying attention, Walmart is my thing. I go in there, I go to Walmart, I promote my shows. I go to Walmart to kind of do like my vlog or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, um, that's just my thing. And I've, done um interviews in there or i want to start doing interviews in there because i mean people who listen to the show know that walmart is my natural habitat (laughs) so dude that's actually like such a great interview gimmick like you take people to walmart or like they're given like 20 bucks and you interview them as they walk around or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm working on it because um i've had uh i think two test runs with it you know actually having somebody hold a camera while i walked around with somebody else 
And um, mm-hmm. I felt it went good. What, what, I, what I thought was funny about the very first time we went to uh, NXT uh, TakeOver War Games here in Houston, Texas, where I am. And um, I met one of my um, podcasting buddies, Miles, from the Best Darn Diddly podcast. He came from um, where he lived down in Houston to the pay-per-view. So I met him at the show. We got to sat, sit with each other. And afterwards, I was like, hey, man, let's go do uh, NXT War Games TakeOver review in Walmart. So <laughs> I had my camera in the trunk and um, I gave it to one of his friends and we just sat there in the frozen, well, not the frozen foods, but the, um, where the beer is kept. We, we was in front of the beer aisle just talking about NXT TakeOver and they had employees trying to come through and do their job and they felt like they were disturbing us from what we were doing, which was weird as fuck because I'm in Walmart stopping you from doing your job. So I'm apologizing yeah. to them. They apologizing to me <laughs> and it was fun. I, I enjoyed doing it. And then um, I had a local comedian here um, by the name of Foxy. And uh, we had drinks prior, me, her, and a, another comedian from here. And um, he punked out Joe Moffat. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And um, just me and Foxy went. And here my son is uh, 15 years old holding the camera while me and her walk around the Walmart partially inebriated. And um, just using some of the filthiest language ever. <laughs> and uh, it was fun. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to doing more things like that. But I am I guess I'm kind of using it as an excuse not to do it because I really don't have the equipment to do it the way I want to do it. But I can kind of rig some things up to where I could do it. But it's just me wanting to damn do it the best that I can do it, you know, yeah, I got that. You know, so <laughs> I kind of put myself off from doing it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it could go one of two ways, right? You start now with the gear you have and people catch on, hopefully, and it grows from there. Um, or you'll just wait till you got all your stuff sorted and then you just kick it off with a bang, right? Yeah. And then I also... I'm contradicting myself as well. I'm being a hypocrite because like a lot of times I get on here and I tell people, I was like, it doesn't matter what you have. It just as long as you have the passion to do it, because like many people that um, are interested in podcasts come talk to me and be like, hey, man, think about starting a podcast. What do you think I should do? Yada, yada, yada. I was like, first of all, just do it. I said, it doesn't matter if you don't have a format or a topic or a title. Just start recording. I mean, you don't have to publish it right away. Just start recording so you can get used to it and, uh, you know, kind of get a feel for it. See if you like it or not. And then there's mm-hmm. like a couple of free apps out there like um, Anchor and um, stuff like that to where you can publish for free. You don't have to pay a monthly fee or hosting or nothing like that. Or you can get with Squarespace and um, get a domain and a website from them and you can host your podcast through Squarespace and not pay nothing there. So I give them all these tips and everything. And I'm just constantly telling them, it's like, dog, you can use your phone. You can do this. You, it, you don't need an expensive microphone right now. Cause you don't even know after you buy all this high ass equipment that I don't even really like this, <laughs> you know? So exactly. I'm telling them just like, just do it. And here I am. I'm saying, I want to do all these things, but you know, I'm hesitant just to pull do the it. trigger. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I, I, I'm working there. It's just like, I don't have a problem. People looking at me when I'm doing this stuff. Cause I walk around Walmart publicly with my phone in front of my face just talking random shit so I don't give a damn about that um, the two interviews that we did 
you know, even though people were looking and, you know, workers were trying to actually do their freaking job, which I apologize for. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that. It's just, you know, finding people that are willing to walk with me through the frozen aisle in Walmart and do interviews. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen people do some ridiculous interview segments and it might be a little more niche as far as guests go and like people wanting to come on, mm. not because of the idea, just because it's sometimes easier just to sit in one place and like they know, all right, it's going to be 10 minutes. I'm going to sit down with you uh, and then we're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. But hey, if it's a cool idea. Why not just give it a try? Yeah, I will. Because uh, like I just I, I guess I'm overthinking it because I'm thinking about actual the logistics of doing this thing. First mm-hmm. of all, if I'm going to travel to that person where they are, because I live in Houston, Houston is a freaking planet. I can I can travel one hour in any direction and still be inside of Houston. So it's the logistics of that. All right. What Walmart are you close to? So I'm a I'm a travel to that Walmart and then, you know, got to work out of time to meet you at Walmart. Then I got to figure out what type of atmosphere that Walmart is because they got some assholes in Walmart. Like they see me coming there with a camera and a spotlight and shit. They be like, oh, no, dog, you got to get the hell up out of here with that. And then, you know, it's just all that stuff that I think about rather than just going in there and do it. Because, I mean, I go in there now and I do my Instagram stuff and nobody bothers me at all. But like to walk in there with a big ass camera and a, and a freaking floodlight and <laughs> some cords and microphones, that might be a whole other different thing. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely have to figure out logistics for that. I don't know. Walmart filming policy so yeah, I have no bloody clue when it comes to that I mean they have plenty of video in Walmart or whatever people fighting uh, I've seen pe- oh yeah no, I know I've seen people set up uh, you ever see the video of the guys that they're gonna set up a, a house fort in the paper towel aisle <laughs> no so basically what they did they went down the paper towel aisle and they pulled out a section of it and they went inside of the racks that hold all the paper towels and they took different items from across the store, like freaking mattresses, mats, chairs, tables, lamps. And they brought it inside there and enclosed it in paper towels on either side. So you wouldn't see inside. It was like a fort. Oh, my gosh. And they were just hanging out in there and shit. They had like a little table, couches, little beanbag chairs, carpets. They built- That's so ridiculous. So- <laughs> So they got stuff like that. Then there's another guy that I'm trying to get a hold to here locally that he just goes from Walmart to Walmart, kind of like I do, but he pranks people. So he's done everything to where he'll have a guy on the other side of an aisle with a dildo tied to a string and he would just kind of walk by somebody and throw it over their shoulder and they'll grab this thing be like, what the fuck? This is a dick. And then they'll pull it over the uh, thing and it'll just cascade over the aisle and knock shit off the shelf and <laughs> he do crazy stuff like that so him I know he down to do whatever so I'm trying to get him and me and him freaking interviewing a Walmart so I'm working it out I'm just kind of I feel like if I put it out in the open if I put it on air if I record it then now people got to hold me accountable to it and it's forcing me to do it because <laughs> I want to yeah. do it anyway so that sounds like a good start I mean if you start with someone who equally is down for it then there you go yay insecurities so (laughs) um (laughs) enough about me so um what has been so far i mean you you like you said you've done thousands of interviews uh what are some of the most memorable 
interviews that you've had, whether it be a professional wrestler, a musician or what have you? Um, some of the most memorable ones or most ones where I was like, oh, my gosh, I got this person um, would definitely have to be people like Metallica, Yoko Ono, mm-hmm. Chris Jericho. Yeah, twice. Um, yeah, Mick Foley. Um, having like the elite boys on. Um, oh man, there's so many. I'm trying to think of some of my favorites. Um, there are a lot of like um, WWE legends and Hall of Famers I've had on, and that's always really cool and surreal hearing their stories. And they're always the ones that like to like ramble a lot and talk, and mm-hmm. I could just listen to them for hours. It's really fun. Um, who else, Alicia? There have been so many. It's like, I don't want to name people and then I'm leaving people out. It's hard to pick from thousands. Like, it's yeah, really I mean, hard. literally. And then there are people that aren't names, but they're people that I've just been a fan of for a long time or bands I grew up listening to. Like, for people on the podcast listening, if you like like British music or Britpop or indie music, like there are bands like Maximo Park, Knowing the Whale, Bombay Bicycle Club, mm. um, Mystery Jets. Those are all some of my favorite bands of all time who I've had the chance to interview or meet. And those have been really surreal and gratifying moments for me. So yeah, those are some of them. Man, I'm probably leaving out some like really big names and I'm just out of it. They'll all come to me once I hang up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I have, I guess I, I would, at this point, this is like 150 some episodes and I've had a guest for just about all of them, except for a very few in the beginning and the ones that I choose to do solo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have a couple of hundred to choose from, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I got, I got a percentage of what you got. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. Like, it's hard because you form so many bonds with people and it's really difficult choosing your top yeah. people. <laughs> well, yeah. What I find is I like, I mean, I like the ones that stick around. Cause like I've had people that I've had on the show and, um, that'll been it. That's the only interaction I've had with them. Like the process of getting them to the show, having them on the show and I never hear from them again. And, mm-hmm. you know, but the ones that stick around like Zyme and, uh, Sir John Lee and EVD and, um, Sean Fuller and Jody B. First of all, I, I know you're uninitiated to Jody B. He hosts a podcast called the Po Boys Podcast. It's, it's similar to this. I mean, he interviews just a a wide range of people, and I believe he has some more far uh, interesting guests, except for you. And he, um, anytime I talk of him and I speak his name I had to add that motherfucker in the front so I just didn't want to I had to preference him before I did it because I didn't want to just throw you off like I'm slandering this guy's name but that motherfucker Jody B and um he sent me a Christmas card so that was cool he had Mike Tyson on the front and it said uh happy Christmas because you know Mike Tyson got got, got the lisp that's good and you know it's just these bonds and you know I feel like I have an extended family when it comes to podcasting and everything like that and every guest that's been on the show whether it's just been the one time that I interacted with them I mean I hold them in high esteem so anytime I see them doing well in any aspect of life I mean I was like yeah man he was on my show or she was on my show and you know I just feel you know happy for them yeah it's nice I find especially in wrestling 
almost everyone I've interviewed, I either either have like followed me back and we keep on each other's tabs or I still have some interaction with whether it's just like liking each other's stuff or following or like DMing each other once a month or whatever. Like I find most of the people I've spoken with, like we had a really good bond and we've kept it. Or anytime you see them, even if it's been months that have gone by and you see them at a show, you'll like lock eyes with them from across the room and be like, oh my gosh, you're right here. And it's the <laughs> best. Like it's like, a, it's like a reunion. It's amazing. So I definitely get what you mean about bonding with people and loving seeing others success when they've been on your show. Like I've definitely been through that. Yeah. So before we wind down and wrap this thing up or whatever, uh, what is some advice that you would give to anybody towards, um, toward interviewing or just kind of pursuing a passion and seeing how it pans out? Definitely just don't be afraid to get your name out there and don't be afraid to be embarrassed. If you end up screwing up or your fear is, oh, I'm going to mess this up, you'll learn from it. It doesn't need to break you as long as you don't let it. Um, make sure you network. Don't be afraid to shake hands, put yourself over, tell people how great you are or what you bring to their company or why they should spend their time on you rather than the person next door. Um, obviously, don't like f- flaunt it or do it in a, a douchey <laughs> way, but like people realize this is a business about bringing value to other people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big thing. And then the other thing is just make sure you're yourself. Um, people really love when others are genuine. Yeah. So keep being who you are. Don't put on a phony front and treat people how you want to be treated, really. Yeah. And um, if I can kind of add on to that or whatever, if anybody is interested in um, doing interviews or podcasts or whatever have you to where you are interacting with a guest, um, I famously say that I don't do research. I mean, prior to this interview, full disclosure, um, I think what we set a time and I think yesterday I might have just looked you up and then a little bit before we actually got on the microphone, I went through and I watched the Jericho interview and a couple other things and just kind of felt, you know, kind of felt where, where I wanted to kind of take this conversation, which, you know, it was all over the place. But when I get to hearing that person talk, kind of the tone that they set off, that's kind of where I know where I need to go. So, I mean, don't be afraid to follow your instincts sometime. It is important mm-hmm. to do your research. I mean, even if you just glance at some material, I mean, you got to know something. Because um, me, I, I try to, I didn't sought out any of your interviews because I didn't know that you had interviews out there because you do interviews. And you know, if that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. I know what you mean. <laughs> so, like, when Michael Jai White was on here, I, I, that's one of my favorite guests or whatever because i mean i was excited to hear that motherfucker on here but (laughs) so i heard him on two other different podcasts so when he got here i knew what not to ask because he done answered it two and three times before so that's kind of what i do when there's other interviews out there i would kind of listen to those so i know you know not to kind of repeat the same questions or try not to go down the same path that somebody else has done yeah, it's a big thing. Uh, when I do my interviews, I'm like full on research because I love surprising fans with stuff they never knew about their favorite people or mm-hmm. surprising the interviewee. Like I've brought stuff up to people where they're like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Or how'd you find that photo? Yeah. Or where'd you hear that? And it, it drives them crazy. Like they love it. And they're equally as like 
freaked out because I know it, but mm-hmm. then they're really like stoked because it shows I took the time. So there are definitely different ways to go about it. There's there's like the heavy research way or there's the casual shooting the breeze way, but you have to make sure you stand out from everyone else. Because if you do come in and like you haven't done research and you're just going to ask them really typical stuff, they're mm-hmm. going to know right away. So you have to find that balance where you have that unique voice, yeah. but you're also showing that you care. Yeah, you can't just be sitting there like, oh, so uh, what's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah, don't ask that one. <laughs> what is your favorite color? Red. Oh, <laughs> you, you like my best friend now. That's my favorite color. <laughs> oh, look at that. My Do we share favorite ice cream flavors? Well, tell me what's yours and I'll tell you what's mine. Chocolate what's chip cookie dough. Um, <laughs> broke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. You're still cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, as soon as you said chocolate, I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> I lost you. yeah, but it's okay. But, um, Hey, I, I appreciate you taking the time out and being here with me just kind of chatting it up with me. Um, giving me a little bit of insight of the world of broadcasting because you are my senior, even though I'm your senior <laughs> <laughs> and, um, thank you for spreading that wisdom, that know-how, your knowledge. And, um, I can't say thank you enough, but I'm going to say it again. Thank you for your time. <laughs> well, thank you for your time and shooting the breeze and just your interest in wanting to know more about me and what I do. And um, I hope that your listeners enjoyed meeting me. And I hope I'm able to bring a bunch of people over to your podcast as well. And goes back to what we were talking about when we started. It's all about just helping each other out and um, exposing yourself to, to new audiences and just not being afraid to put yourself out there really. So I'm excited that you reached out and we were able to make this happen. So thank you. All right. So before you go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and otherwise. Absolutely. So if you guys type up in your Google machines, alishatoot.com, that is my official website. You'll find all interviews, um, all photographs, all info on me there. My store is on there. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at alishatoot. You can follow me on Instagram at Alicia Toot. You can like me on Facebook. It's <laughs> facebook.com slash Alicia Toot interviews. And my YouTube is youtube.com slash a music blog. Yeah. But if that's too complex, just type Alicia Toot.com and all of those links are there. Yep. That's just what I did. Uh, just followed you <laughs> on YouTube and Instagram earlier today. I already follow you on Twitter. So I- I'm working it out. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. And I followed you back. So it's perfect. And that was my guest, Alicia Atute, for this edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. And, you know, um, I've recorded this episode a while back, and there's been many episodes that has been put out between now and the time of recording that you may have heard that I've referenced this specific episode on them. Um, I don't know, man. It's just having a conversation with her and everything. It just made me you know, have a different outlook on, you know, me and this show and, you know, how I feel about, um, myself as being a part of the show, you know, and, um, you pretty much, it was almost (laughs) in retrospect, going back and listening to it or whatever. It was kind of like me reaching out for help or something or whatever. It was just like, you know, I was looking for some direction, you know, some kind, some type of guidance and everything. And, you know, this young lady has already had a six year career is on uh, national television and, you know, goes all over the world and basically does what I do. 
And, you know, eventually I would like to be on the level, you know, I want to be that person, you know, out in front of the camera, maybe, maybe, because, you know, I already told you my opinions about it. I like more so of the production standpoint of it to, you know, to edit and put the things together and get the people, you know, in the right places and whatnot, not so much being in front of it. But, you know, if an opportunity presents itself for me to be in front of the camera doing what I do, you know, I'm all for it. And um, here locally, that's something I'm going to strive and uh, try to do more of, especially with my local podcasters here in the Houston area, you know, any exposure is good exposure, you know. Well, I won't say any because, I mean, if you're in the R. Kelly situation, that's not no good exposure. So, uh, I mean, but then again, his um, streaming sales and everything went up by 16 percent after that whole debacle. So, uh, no, it's still not a good thing. <laughs> but, um, hey, the, the, the whole point behind this thing is, um, you know, self-confidence, believing in yourself and that thing that you do or that thing that you want to do that, you know, you can be good at it. You can be great at it. As long as you put forth the effort um, network as I am trying to do and um, just, you know, in all things, just be a good human being, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, man, I look forward to what is um, shaping out to be a pretty good uh, 2019. I got some fabulous guests coming up here pretty soon the wrestling podcast is doing pretty well getting some positive feedback on that and um the real robinsons is uh kind of here but it's not um if you follow the real robinsons on instagram which i found out the same information that um my wife kind of put the kibosh on it you know so um for those of you who are interested in interested in to why that was a thing is um the whole reason the Real Robinsons podcast came about was Mrs. B. Rob came to me and said, um, what do you think about doing a podcast? And I was like, yeah, I mean, we could do that. I'm down for it. And I was just like, you know, it's going to take some work. You know, we ain't going to blow up overnight or blow up, maybe even blow up at all. And, you know, we got to set a schedule. I mean, I, I put down things on the calendar and whatnot. And I was like, hey, we'll try to record these days. And if you heard over the six episodes that we recorded, it was just kind of like a, a thing of the days that we picked to release, which, which was every Wednesday, um, you know, th- th- just the recording times wouldn't work out because I work a 12 hour day and I come home on a fr- which we pick Friday. And then I just want to relax, so, you know, chill out, do things with her and whatnot. So we tried to move it around to maybe a Saturday or a Sunday or maybe even a Monday or something like that. And then things just kept getting pushed around and whatnot, not due to other podcast scheduling, but just life in general. And um, it got to the point to where, like, I was like, come on, let's do the recording or, hey, we need to record on this day so we can put out an episode. And I was the only one putting forth that energy. And it wasn't like she was kind of jumping at it to be like, all right, hey, we need to go record, pulling me into it or whatever. It was like I was doing all the work and, you know, it was her idea and whatnot. So I was like, well, I'm only put into it what you put into it, which is nothing. So she hadn't talked about it. And I got this post on Instagram and she said that was the end of the show because my other two podcasts took priority. But 
it is what it is. I'm not saying that it's gone forever. I'm just going to say it's on hiatus because she might find a way back around to it. Because like I said, I mean, I'm not going to make you do the podcast, which that you wanted to start, but it'll live forever. All six episodes on randomrobcast.com and whatnot. So, yay, you can just keep listening to those six episodes over and over again. But since March is right around the corner, happy Black History Month, by the way, um, she'll be back on the Random Rams with Rob for the third annual Ask Mrs. B. Rob. So if you're hearing this right now, you got between now and March 29th, which is my birthday, to submit your questions using the hashtag Ask Miss B. Rob. And you can ask her any question that you want and she'll answer them live on the air. I don't know if I'm going to do that as a live show. I think that might be a interesting twist and, you know, to bring you more aspects of the random rounds with Rob. So I'm going to work on that. But regardless if it's a live stream or not, um, March 29th will be a new episode of the Random Rams with Rob podcast, depending on which day that falls on. I'm not quite sure yet, but um, you might get two episodes that week. So you get a double dose of the Random Rams with Rob with Mr. B. Rob and just regular me and a guest. So, yeah. Um, if you're also listening to this right now. Probably if you want to, uh, I'll just get into my regular things. And when I get to that point, I'll bring it up. But you can follow me on Twitter at It's B-Rob. That's I-T-S-B-R-O-B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. Um, I also host another podcast called Wrestling is Trash. And you can follow that on Twitter at Wrestling B Trash. And I skipped totally over the one that you're listening right now. So if you want to follow this show, The Random Rounds with Rob on Instagram or Twitter, um, you can do so at 3R Show on Twitter. That's at 3R Show on Twitter. And on Instagram, just type in Random Rounds with Rob. Because at 3R Show is taken on Instagram by some punk motherfucker that only got two posts and they only use their goddamn account as far as I know. And they won't reply to my messages to try to get that tag from them and Twitter I mean not Twitter uh, Instagram won't cancel their account so I can have the shit and I'm looking to damn near copywriting my shit so I can kick them off my motherfucking 3R show stuff but that's just a pet peeve of mine don't take it to heart <laughs> and um, you can go to randomrobcast.com to where you can find all things pertaining to the show uh, merchandise which um, the shop on wehavemerch.com will be closing soon on the 28th of February. They'll be shutting that down and um, you won't be able to get any merch from there, which I'm pr- pretty sad. They had some good hats and everything and stuff. I'm trying to reach out to the guy and um, maybe see if I can get his connects and I can keep the hats and shirts going. They Some pretty good shit, which I've bought from there. But um, you can get merch from uh, represent.com and spreadshirts.com. And um, you can check out the sponsors, Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. You can follow them on Twitter at Hooks, Rubs, Spices, I think. <laughs> but um, you can go find a product on Etsy.com. Just look up Hooks, Rubs, and Spices, and you can get 10% off your order, $6 or more, if you use the promo code 3RSHOW. I think that's about it. But um, speaking of contributing to the show, um, I have a... Uh, a patron account via Podbean, which I host around the rounds with Rob through, but I'm going to be switching over to Patreon. So if you, um, by the time this come out, which is what I'm recording Saturday night. So this will be out in a couple hours. 
But um, I'm gonna be switching over to Patreon. So if you have interest in supporting the show for as low as a dollar a month, um, it'll be all located on uh, Patreon.com. So I'll get all that hooking in a jabbing. So expect that within the next couple of hours or you know, 24 to 48 hours from yeah, I'm dating shit. From whenever you listen to this episode, the motherfucker should be up and running. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, thanks to my guest Alicia Toot. Beep beep. Or I'm in the my bro. No, I can't. Shit, I'm quoting R. Kelly. Fuck, I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna cut all that out. Anyway, um, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.